everybody, this is Nathan here with Jake, and you're about to listen to what we call Sound of Sanity 1.0. Now, Jake, what do we mean when we say Sanity 1.0? Well, Sound of Sanity was a show we'd been wanting to do for a really long time, and we'd never really seen our way clear to getting it off the ground. Right, so one day we decided the best way to get it off the ground was just to sit down, hit record, three friends talking into microphones. Since that time, the show has changed and grown a whole lot. The modern version of Sound of Sanity really began to develop around episode 34 on Jordan B. Peterson. Yeah, there's some stuff we're really proud of in this early iteration of this show and some stuff we're possibly, probably, maybe not so proud of. But there's some good stuff and we wanted to leave these up. Plus, we thought it'd be fun for people who know the current show to go back and see how far the show's come. Yeah, fun and maybe sometimes a little humbling. No doubt. Anyway, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the current version of the show. That's right. And meanwhile, please enjoy this episode from the archives. Greetings, greetings, everyone, sit down. Yes, yes, find you this seat right there, Leonard, yes. Welcome, everyone, to another meeting of Posers Anonymous. As always, we will be opposing the pose. Say it with me. We're going to... Oppose the pose. Because we're not posers. Now, Benjamin, I want to thank you for bringing the coffee. We all appreciate oh, it yeah. very much. Even if I have to wait in line for a long time. I get to go into Starbucks. Wait, it's... stop. I just want to lovingly help you see your inner poser. You went to Starbucks, that's the most poser yeah. thing you could possibly do, and here's why. If you want burnt trash, you can go get it cheaper at a gas station. If you want good coffee, you can go get actual good coffee from an actual good huh. coffee shop, or you can make it at home. So I like to have good conversations coffee with other Starbucks patrons. With other posers, uh, you can yeah. go to a real coffee All shop and hang out with know, real people like that are actually in like actual stop, good but, coffee. Stop. Uh, yeah, Benjamin, it's, a argument about coffee, an argument using the word barista, the definition, the definition, the very definition. Here's my question. I assume that everyone in this room avoided, as we talked about last week, the film Black Panther. So here's the thing. Yes, Jacob. The yes. thing is, I assume yes. what you're about to tell me is that you did not see the movie Black Panther. Well, that's the sort of thing that posers, especially white well, so, male posers, they go, they see so the here's movie, the thing, they hurt I think you're going to be really proud of me. All the good things. I have my doubts, but go ahead. You said last week to stop going to see Black Panther and I thought that you know, is what I if, said. if I do what you say that would be really poserish of me but I understood the heart of what you were saying which is like don't be a poser who is like virtue signaling I went and saw Black Panther this one time and now I feel like I understand black people yes well generally speaking Jacob counselors such as myself don't actually shroud our counsel in mystery it, it, it rather defeats the purpose but anyhow so Jake, what I did uh, how, what I did how many times did you see Black Panther Seven times. I did so. not think I was going to see it more than you this week, but I Oh, I shut did. up. Benjamin. <laughs> oh, no, no, listen, there's no need Let's, to have seen it. Nine, whatever. Benjamin, Benjamin, you did not post anything on social media. I assume since that's specifically what we talked about, that's what you didn't I, do. I, I did not even... You don't s- interpret my words ironically. You don't do a reverse thing where you think about what I'm trying to say and then you think how you shouldn't do it. But in fact, you just I, simply look, do what hey, I say. Yeah, but you know, my church is like doing this Wakanda Sunday thing. You know, I had to see the film at least several times just to hang out with them. Sometimes, you know, you just got to go along with the people around you and you just... Sometimes you just have to go along with the people around you. When I saw Black Panther as many times as I did... You didn't say anything to anyone. You didn't... 
I talk just, to anybody put, at your church about it. Well, I Jacob, only all I what, said was, what kind of conversation? I don't really want to talk about this. I saw the movie seven times because I'm trying to better empath- empathize with my black friends, but I'm not going to talk about it because I don't want a virtue signal about it. And that's every conversation I had. I just kept towing that line with people, like. <sighs> Everyone who saw Black Panther more than three times this week, raise your hand. It too, Brayden. Oh, for pity's sake. We haven't opposed the pose at all. Well, see, but if you would see Black Panther, you'd realize that that's at the heart. (sighs) Kind of like the vibranium that holds uh, the movie together. It's not so much the vibranium at the heart of it as it is the flower. The flower, the It's not built out of flowers. To face himself, to visit the ancestral plane where he can see his father, face his father, face his inner Please, stop it. The only person in this room that hasn't seen Black Panther 90 times is Leonard, and he's... Blind, I'm leaving forever. I give up. I just good day to you. You know, angry walking away. Man, he was mad. I know it's sort of like he's been kind of a poser about all this stuff. So, yeah. like, I don't want to see Black Panther. You shouldn't. That see is Black a Panther. really good point. It's kind of a kind of like a reverse poserism. Totally is. <laughs> so, if we want to fight that, I think the best thing to do is like maybe go see Black Panther again. What are are you serious? Yeah, right now. You're not. You're not just posing. No, man. I'm serious. I'll, oh, I'll pay. Wow. I'll pay. In that case, myself. No, I'm totally gonna go. Yeah, all right, let's I think go. you should pay. That's great. Okay. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Welcome to the Sound of Sanity. This is Nathan Alberson, your humble and obedient pose, post, <laughs> poser, <laughs> poser. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm your humble and obedient host, Agent Provocateur, joined by eh, Pastor Jacob Mensel. How are you doing today, Jake? Oh, I'm okay. How are you, Nathan? Oh, I'm doing pretty fantastic. Thank you, sir. We've also got our beloved engineer, Benjamin Kusolzer. How are you doing there, Benny? Good, Nathan. Yay. How are you? I'm doing all right. Pretty all good. Right. Hey, guys, today we're talking about uh, Black Panther again, right? That's right. Why did we decide we thought we needed to revisit this topic? Well, before we just did a movie review, we took the movie on its own terms, and we talked about the good and the bad of the movie. But what's happened, and we did it really quickly. You know, we did it, we saw it opening day, we recorded same day or close to it. Yeah, and, uh, probably like a 24-hour turnaround on that. Uh, or something, something like that. that. So we were just talking about the movie in and of itself. What we didn't know or expect was how big of a cultural phenomenon the movie would actually be and how seriously, especially in the church, people would be taking the movie. So it seems like every major Christian website has articles in praise of the movie mm-hmm. and in praise of its vision of Wakanda, comparing T'Challa to Jesus, comparing Wakanda to heaven, talking about the women warriors, how they're Azer women. Churches across the country are having Wakanda Sundays, uh, hosting Black Panther movie screenings, and people are dressing up in their African cultural garb and sitting on thrones and having instead of sermons movie discussions. Yes, I believe Ben, you um, you got you did a little research on that for us, right? I did. I just looked up different churches that are doing really well, cool Wakanda services. By which I well, it's not cool. <laughs> we'll get to it. We'll get we'll to get, it. We'll get to it. Yeah, it, yeah. It's stuff like there's a church in Chicago that suspended their normal sermon for a panel discussion on Black Panther. Fellowship Chicago like rented a movie theater. Pastor Jamal Bryant and his Empowerment Temple 
had a Wakanda Sunday. He dressed up as Black Panther, and he had other folks, maybe a lot of folks in his congregation, dress like they were in Wakanda. And then there's there's just lots of websites and st- uh, there's there's a sermon on Wakanda. It's the, uh, there's this article called "The Gospel of Wakanda" from Auburn Seminary. It's just all over the place. Yeah, well, it's not just especially like, just it's not just in liberal churches. We one thing if it was just the empowerment temple. But no, um, American Vision had an article about how uh, T'Challa is a figure of Christ. I've seen Desiring God. I've seen Gospel Coalition p- do positive things with it. Nothing like that, exactly. Yeah, but, but that, I mean that you know these are basically solid reformed guys, and this is more than what we critiqued a couple weeks ago in terms of opportunism, because mm. people are really, really, really taking this movie very seriously. And I've had I've heard more than one person in multiple venues say that many. People haven't felt this way since uh, since President Obama was elected to office. Mm-hmm. I've heard that in multiple and places too. That's the level that people are taking in receiving this movie on the election of our first black president. That's what people are equating this to, and that's just a big that's a big deal, and it's a way bigger deal than we anticipated. We knew it was going to be a big thing. That, that's why we did the movie review. Mm-hmm. But I don't think any of us anticipated it being such a big deal, such a big cultural phenomenon, and going on so long. Lasting so long, like here we are in approaching the end of March, people are still talking about this thing and still doing stuff. Usually by this time, we wouldn't be doing this episode because we'd feel like it's old news. It's a, We don't want to just do like lame cold takes. We'd be a little ashamed to release a Black Panther episode this long after Black Panther came out. But it's still a topic that everyone's talking about. You're still seeing fresh takes, fresh articles, fresh yeah, and so- stuff. I think what we want to do here today is deal not so much with the movie. We've already tried to do that. Well, by the way, let's sum it up. What we said about the movie. It's okay. As far as Marvel movies go, if you like superhero, hero's journey kinds of things, it's all right, I suppose. It had some things that we found. But in, yeah, but insofar as it tries to redeem bad things about African culture that are just bad, the movie goes wrong. That's where it goes wrong. Right. And we talked about that and what some of those things are and how easy it is to let those things slide and how we can't allow ourselves as Christians to let those things slide, whether that's in a movie about Wakanda or whether that's in a Spielberg movie. So we, we went about that far, and I don't know that we went much farther I think that was all we basically said. I don't know. <laughs> it's always hard for me to remember what we have and haven't said in the episodes. I'm sorry, folks. So we dealt with the movie, and uh, we sort of left it there. Then we we thought we were done, and here we are again, as I said, approaching the end of March. Uh, people are still talking about this thing and making it a big, big deal, and it's topped $1.1 billion in the box office. Black Panther is the number one movie four weeks in a row. Don't miss the cultural phenomenon. Everyone's still talking about it. We figured we should probably still be talking about it. Really, we still want to say the same thing, right? A lot of what's going on here is just idolatry. A lot of churches tipping their hand to the fact that they either place identity politics or cultural virtue signaling or even blackness above being truly Christian and one in Christ. It's interesting because the popularity of this movie reminds me of another movie that was very popular. In fact, the most adjusted for inflation, the most popular movie far and away ever made is Gone with the Wind, which was huge, like bigger than you know, think about the Dark Knight, Titanic, whatever you think of as your mile, your benchmark movie that was huge. Gone with the Wind was way bigger. Everybody saw Gone with the Wind back in the day. And it was kind of the same thing, actually, almost <laughs> the, the polar opposite because it was people 
people longing for something that is not very much like Wakanda, but it was people that remembered the South or had relatives that remembered the South, and they just lo- they just loved living, luxuriating in this idea of a world that was gone that they couldn't have anymore but it was out of their reach was out of their reach in this yeah. case it was an actual world that had existed although had it, it was really. a, it was a movie yeah it was a <laughs> very idealized portrait of what antebellum south would have been like and this is an afrofuturist sort of what could have been or what could could possibly be kind of world yeah but anyway, if you remember, one of the other movies that's made the most money has been Avatar. People, when when these things t- can tend to catch on, it is because people want to live in these worlds. I don't want to say that using these things for escapism is always going to be bad, but man, it's hard not to see some red flags with this it's one. Really, the main thing, if churches across the country weren't having Wakanda Sundays, if every major Christian website wasn't sort of either virtue signaling or pandering or really genuinely taking up the cause of a Wakandan vision of Christianity, mm-hmm. whether that's in T'Challa or his women warriors, or it's in the vision of Wakanda itself as sort of like a type of heaven, then we wouldn't be bothering talking about this, but it's in our churches and it's... Yeah, I mean, it's, it's really... Ge- oh, holy smokes! The devil's advocacy alarm is going off already? Uh, mm. This has got to be a record for devil's advocacy alarm what on earth is that thing we haven't even really said anything we just said black panther what can the devil want with us i wonder the dwa of course it's the alarm it goes off somebody has to represent the opposite point of view and tell us why we're wrong why we're stupid who's gonna be the devil be me jake is raising his hand jake what do you want to say mr devil you are three white guys in a room in the middle of indiana shut up You are three white guys in a room in the middle of Indiana who like to geek out about Spielberg movies. You just had a Star Wars movie over Christmas. You've had a Marvel movie in Black Panther. You're about to have Ready Player One. You're going to go from that to Avengers, to Solo, to Ant-Man and the Wasp, and all of that's going to happen in the first six months of the year. There is so much tailor-made for you out there to escape in that you take plenty of pleasure in. So shut up. Go away. You have no business talking about this. You can't imagine what it was like to be a black man or a black woman when Barack Obama was elected the first black president of the United States, and you can't imagine what this movie is like. So shut up, keep your mouth shut, and go away. The best you can do is come off as posers. So stop it. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, if, if I may, Mr. Devil, may I respond already since you showed up early? Can I? Sure. Is there anything else you wanted to say before I respond? I think I've said what I need to say. Well... Here's the thing, Devil. This movie is a big deal. It's 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 become like a cultural phenomenon. Everybody's watching it. Everybody's talking about it. It's made what did we say? Billion dollars. Mm, one point like one that. billion dollars worldwide. One point one billion dollars. It hasn't just been black people or people of color or people in Africa that have paid that money. Everybody's, including white guys in Indiana, have seen the movie. Everyone's talking about it. I think maybe I ought to be able to say something about it. I don't know. What I see is idolatry. What I really see is idolatry. And I see it, it'd be one thing if it was just in the culture, if it was just another cultural idol, it'd be like, okay, well, that's cultural idol, one billion and 43. But it's infecting the church. 
it's infecting the church. There, there are churches all over the place that, like we said, are, are, are doing this, these uh, Black Panther Sundays or doing these different things. And it's like suddenly identity politics, suddenly being black is more important than being a Christian. It feels very false a lot of the time. You know, it feels, especially coming from white people, it feels like they're just jumping on the train. They're just being oh, opportunistic, like we talked about a couple of weeks ago. They see something that's popular that the culture is responding to, and they're like, how can we, th-? instead of leading the way, instead of bringing Jesus and redeeming the culture, we're like, how can we disguise Jesus? How can we dress him up so that he looks like this thing that's popular? How can we, uh, how can we make our God look more like an idol? So they're they're doing that. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what else to say. It's just like it's like being black for a lot of people, including conservative Christians, including people like on my team, is more important than being a Christian. And it's just not. It's just not. And I don't want to be ashamed of saying that simply because I happen to be white. Being white isn't more important than being a Christian. Being a Christian is the thing. And so I don't know why we have to give this movie a pass just because the movie wasn't made primarily for me. That's really, really easy for you to say. So to quote Jesus, get the log out of your own eye before you try to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Fact is, there are all kinds of things that you give a pass to, and you're all kinds of things that you love and that you watch and that you get to enjoy, and you enjoy almost guilt-free because you just give a pass to the idolatry that's intrinsic to it. You get, just in 2018, not counting the end of 2017 when you got the latest installment of Star Wars, You get to pretend like Black Panther is yours and for you because it's a part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and you get to go to the hot new Spielberg movie in Ready Player One. Then you get to go to Avengers Infinity War. Then you get to go to Solo, to Ant-Man and the Wasp, another installment in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and all of these movies that are tailor-made for you as a white dude in America that has idolatry enough of its own all throughout it. And we're basically just talking Star Wars and Marvel here not to mention everything else. And so you, you you suck all this stuff in, you take it, you enjoy it, you let you, you give yourself passes on it, you give the movies passes on their idolatry, you get to play in those worlds and have your lightsabers and whatever else, and, and then you want to turn around and here's the one movie that is by black people for black people that is trying to open up a world like that that you can play with in Wakanda and you want to pounce on it and take it away. It's really oppressive and it's really unfair. So so what exactly is it about this idolatry of blackness that that makes it so much more damning than the idolatry that you find in Star Wars the the idolatry that you find in Captain America you know Mr. clean-cut white guy pro America what is it about this black idolatry that you really feel like you as a white guy in the middle of Indiana have to take on and set the record straight on exactly Oh boy. Well, Devil, you're you're right. I mean, um I actually think uh Mr. Devil, you make a good point. I mean, think about Captain America like he sanctifies America and just pretends like America and apple pie is great just to take one random example that you happen to bring up in a way that doesn't bother me at all whereas Wakanda sanctifying or Christianizing or whatever you want to call it certain things about African culture I've gone on record now as saying is very wicked and bothersome I think the devil actually makes a good point Ben yeah I think Um, so Nathan We're going to have to gather our thoughts, and we will come back at it here right after this. 
Hi, everyone. You may remember that we talked about my new book a couple episodes ago, The Power of Positive Calvinism, and I'm excited to announce that it's coming out and you can buy it. Now, Ben, this book is The Power of Positive Calvinism. The subtitle is Seven Steps to Doing What You Are Already Going to Do Anyway. I encourage readers to get a copy of this book and to read it. But you know what? You either will or you won't. (laughs) And uh, I either will or won't make back enough money to cover all the time I've invested writing the thing. But, you know, that's what I was already going to do anyway. (laughs) So did I decide to do it? Yeah, kind of. But again, you know, just again, read the book. Try not to think about reading the book. Try not to plan to read the book. Try not to plan to buy it. Just try to kind of do it. And then if if it does happen, you'll know that that's what you're always going to do. So there again, it's the power of positive Calvinism, seven steps to doing what you are already going to do anyway. It's a book that did come out because it was going to come out, and it was published by Warhorn Media. No, no. You mean like it was in the grand scheme of things? No, I mean it was simply not published in any way, shape, or form. I think it's kind of the same paradox as the book itself. Was it published by Warhorn Media? Well, yeah, I mean. Like, Warhorn Media was the puppet that no. danced upon the strings no. that published if, the, if that the book, book. When that book came to Warhorn Media, we lit it on fire and burned it. And uh, it's going to be available for purchase as a digital download. Not true In at fact, all. In fact, I've partnered with Warhorn to offer it as a free We've had nothing to do with this. For <laughs> you wrote this yourself days. and you've self-published it. Well, I, it sounds like there may still be a little bit of negotiating yet to be done, listener, before... There will be no negotiations. Get, <laughs> we can get it into your hands, but I have no doubt that my pals here at Warhorn are going to help me. Then you're delusional. So I, I look forward to hearing feedback from many, many people who read the book or don't read it, but whatever. Warhorn Media will let you know. No. No, we won't. The book is called The Power of Positive Calvinism, Seven Steps to Doing What You Are Already Going to Do Anyway. And you can buy it or not buy it. You can do whatever you are already going to do, available now or not available, I think, from Warhorn Media? Not from Warhorn Media. It's kind of like Schrodinger's cat. Isn't that the cat that's dead or alive until you open the door and then it's either one or the other and it always was? And Power of Positive Calvinism, <laughs> The Schrodinger's Cat of books. <laughs> <laughs> and we're back. So just to summarize, Jake, are you still the devil? I'm not the devil Okay, anymore. can you summarize, though, for us the devil's argument? Yeah, the devil is saying that we really don't have a leg to stand on here. Our perspective is skewed by our whiteness, our maleness. Our perspective is skewed because we have a great big cultural log in our eye. We don't see or acknowledge all the ways that we swallow and make passes for our own idolatry, our own cultural idolatry. And so to then turn around and be really harsh and critical of a essentially foreign Mm -hmm. ideology or foreign idolatry, African culture is just really hypocritical and we just need to back off and make sure our own house is in order before we open our mouths. Well, I'd like to start by again acknowledging the devil's point. I think the devil does have his point in that and Jesus did say, take the log out of your own eye before you try to pluck the speck out of your brother's eye. The idea there, though, is take the log out, and then you can take the speck out, not just avoid ever talking about any specks or logs. I'm willing to acknowledge there's probably idolatry in some of these movies that we just swallow and we don't even think about. Yeah. It. But also, 
Sanity, uh, this show is on record as talking about some of the big idols in our latest Star Wars movie and in things that yeah. we like. I mean, we should be discerning about the stuff that's more geared towards us. But mm-hmm. I am willing to acknowledge there's probably ways in which it's much easier for me to swallow a thing that's meant to seduce me than it is for... I can stand outside of Black Panther a little bit and make a judgment on it. I'll even give you an example. I grew up with Star Wars. I love Star Wars. We can talk We talk all day about the feminism of Star Wars and how bad it is. We never even bother talking about the Buddhism of Star Wars, the transcendentalism right. of Star Wars. That's something that I've just accepted as a piece of Star Wars. And maybe I shouldn't. I don't know. We're not doing that episode today. Maybe we will one day. But yeah, we've just sort of... I don't think of it as giving it a pass. I just think of writing it off as stupid. But a black person could come back. Someone that likes Black Panther could come back and say, eh, well, it's got some stupid stuff. I write it off. What's the big deal? It's got paganism in it, just like Star Wars has paganism. Mm-hmm. You know, talk about a, the paganism of Star Wars. You got a guy about, with a lip plate that represents some wicked things about Africa. Star Wars has some things that represent some wicked things. And you guys are willing to swallow a little bit of... But see, we've never gone on record as saying, don't watch Black Panther. Or it's not fine to enjoy just on the level of a fun Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. What we have gone on record with is the aggressive ideology of it is something to be opposed, just like the aggressive feminist ideology of something like Star Wars or Wonder Woman is something to oppose. Yes. It's trying to do something to you. Because of whether you want to call it white guilt or cultural guilt or whatever, everybody's just willing to embrace a lot of the very bad and wicked ideology that is being aggressively pushed by this movie and either are unwilling to be discerning about it or just sort of whole, uh, open-handedly embracing it. If it was just a movie that was being enjoyed for what it is, a dumb Marvel superhero movie. With rhinoceros battles. With rhinoceros battles and some cool new characters that are fun and some some great performances and a colorful new world like Asgard was, except better than Asgard, because Wakanda <laughs> is in fact better, better than, than Asgard. Than Asgard. <laughs> like, yes, or, man. <laughs> oh, even better than Asgard. Then that, that would be one thing. But the fact is, there are churches across the country having Wakanda Sundays, and people are actually saying they want the Wakandan vision of heaven. Mm-hmm. The Wakandan vision of heaven? Are you serious? No. I don't want the Wakandan vision of heaven any more than I want the American vision of heaven. Mm-hmm. I want God's vision of heaven. Yeah. And it's much better than either. When we become Christians, when we're adopted into God's family, we have to set all of that stuff aside. I don't get to come and be a white man. But the Apostle Paul, he has a point when he says, in Christ there's neither Jew nor Greek. Mm -hmm. In Christ, we are one. And our Jewishness and our Greekishness get set aside and subordinated because we've been adopted into the household of God. And in the same way, our blackness and our whiteness has to be subordinated because we are adopted into the household of God. And in that sense, we have a new cultural identity that's not black or white. It's actually Jewish. We have more in common with our father, Abraham, than we do with our fathers from England or, in your case, Sweden or mm. wh- wh- wherever. Then we, we have more in common with Abraham than we do with those ancestors because we have been adopted into God's household. That heritage is our heritage. Because of the fatherlessness of our culture, we're all trying and grasping and trying to find ways to develop and build some kind of cultural identity for ourselves. We may have done it as kids through Spielberg movies or through sports. Setting up a Wakandan identity is no different than that. It's the same thing, and it's the same garbage. Steven Spielberg is not your daddy. T'Challa is not your daddy. Ryan Coogler is not your daddy. If you are in Christ, God the Father is your daddy, and he sets 
the terms. And he, his culture, the culture of the church, is the culture that is ours. But the culture of the church is just white people, Jake, determined by that's lots a, of white men. That's that's an argument. And on the one hand, I don't want to deny that there's some truth to that, and that there are probably still idolatries wrapped up in that. But the fact is, for 2,000 years, God has developed a culture and has been developing a church culture that is rooted in the scriptures and that goes all the way back to Abraham. And that's a beautiful thing. Yeah, a redeemed English or or Western, uh, French or German culture is going to look different than a redeemed African culture in some respects, but not in every respect, because Christ has, in fact, torn down the barrier between us, just like he tore down the barrier between Jew and Greek. And I think the ironic thing is that the only people that aren't going to, well, maybe this is always the case, maybe this is an obvious thing to say, but if someone is listening to this and they feel stifled by it, if they, they feel threatened by it, then I think that's a very good sign that they're the, exactly the kind of person that needs it. Because if you feel like you cannot approach Black Panther with any kind of discerning eye, with any kind of criticism, then there's a chance you might be making an idol of it. Whereas if you're just like, oh yeah, well, they criticized it and that made it a little bit less enjoyable, but uh, you know, it's a fun little Marvel movie, then you're probably the kind of person that can enjoy it. Yeah. I'll watch it again, and I'll enjoy it again. Yeah. But I'll take it the same way that I took Star Wars. Or actually, I'll take it easier than I took Star Wars. Yeah, I'd rather watch Black Panther. I have no desire to see The Last Jedi again, because in that case, I felt like the arsenic that was laced in, in my, my popcorn, <laughs> whatever whatever fun, whatever nutrition, whatever good stuff was in there, the taste was ruined for me by this aggressive, nasty pol- politicizing mm, of it. Agreed. Um, yeah. Well, listen, and I know there are black Christians out there that will not go see Black Panther because of this very mm-hmm. thing. They are so opposed to the black pantherization of black culture, black America, and the black church that they're not even going to go see it because it is that they see it to be that destructive. And it is that destructive. But the movie in and of itself as a thing doesn't it, have to be. It's n- yeah, it's not the movie. It's the idolatrous way that people It's have, the response. Yeah, responded It's the to. response. It's a weird catch-22. Yeah, it is. It's clearly risen to a place that we can't avoid talking about it. And if we want to see, see, you know, for lack of, I mean, I know this is a politicized way of speaking, but if we want to see real racial reconciliation, what I would rather say is real racial harmony, mm-hmm. we have to be able to talk about this stuff. And we have to be able to see that our identity is in Christ. Mm-hmm. No matter where we came from, we all have things that we have to repent of. And we all are working toward building a culture that is founded on, I don't know, love, Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) the fruit of the Spirit, Mm -hmm. the Ten Commandments, a culture that is one of adopted children who come to love their father and love one another as brothers and sisters first, not as black brothers and sisters and white brothers and sisters and Jewish brothers and sisters and Indian and Chinese and, you know, whatever brothers and sisters, but just brothers and sisters in Christ. And that's not to flatten or to erase the distinctions that God has made between us, because he has made distinctions between us. And that's beautiful. That's part of the beauty of it. At the last day, members from every tongue and tribe and nation will will join hands and sing the song of the Lamb. But But to do that, we have to set aside, we have to subordinate our tribes and our tongues and our nations to the rule and reign of Christ. 
But if we don't do that, what we're going to end up doing is just subordinating ourselves to whatever happens to be fashionable. And if it's 80 years ago, then Gone with the Wind is fashionable and slave-owning South is fashionable. That's what we'll subordinate ourselves. If it's now, we'll subordinate ourselves to Wakanda. But those are our choices. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Bottom line, Jake, what what are we trying to say here? We have to get to a place where we see ourselves first as Christians, and we can set aside identity politics. It's sad that a lot of our of our brothers and sisters in Christ are re-erecting the, the dividing wall that Christ has torn down with Wakanda and with Black Panther, and they need to stop. And so Black Panther, fun movie in and of itself, and is leading to a whole lot of dumb idolatry that just needs to stop. Mm -hmm. And if you feel threatened by this episode, that might be a bad sign. Now, Ben, will there be a... I, I know that... I, I think it's Warhorn Media, right, is is coming out with no. this nope. Power of Positive Calvinism. Is nope. that, did we decide to come out with that? I don't remember discussing this at all. No. N-O. So, Warhorn Media is or isn't coming out with this book, The Power of Positive Calvinism. Will there be the black power of positive Calvinism? Or, I'm oh. sorry, the, the power of seven steps yeah. to doing what you were black already going to do anyway i have uh i that's gone across my mind i, I really I just, think if there's going to be then there will be i mean if the book teaches us nothing that's else that's very true if there is going to be that book true. if i was gonna have, I have nothing to do with the power of positive calvinism then i will have <laughs> i don't even know what to say about the black power of positive you know, calvinism. Jake, i think that you're presuming too much you know you don't know what you're gonna do or not do yes i do yeah i, <laughs> I do. really don't think you do it's well it's another good reason why you yeah. should read my book nope um, not gonna really sharpen you we'll just see mister you don't know but uh i don't Sound of Sanity Today was engineered by Benjamin Solzer, produced by Nathan Alberson, and executive produced like all fine Warhorn products by Jacob Menzel and Nathan Alberson. Until next time, stay safe.